0: To appreciate um, our father in the house, a senior pastor, the set man who has deemed it very significant that the beating of privilege sharing be tried with these hands. I know so certainly that we are young pastors under training, and some of you are ministers too, under training, amen. And so, everybody's under training, and so, every day that I am opportuned to stand here but lately when he seated in front of me it's a different ball game entirely you know, if pastor was not around now I feel like I'm in charge but right now, I'm in school of ministry, amen I want to appreciate you sir, I did not take your, your this privilege for granted I will not take it lightly and my prayer is at the end of this exam I would score a very good score, amen hallelujah how many of us are ready for god's word tonight Um, and i know that god will reach out to us in the name of jesus all right with some joy and meekness bow your heads and let us talk to heaven together i'd like you to declare what you want god to do for you tonight that you're coming tonight to not be in vain whatever burden is in your heart whatever emptiness is in your soul heaven will feel it whatever worry and concern even will step into it scripture was very clear when it said as many that will appear in zion they shall grow from strength to strength if you feel weak in your body tonight you are going to leave this place with strength lord speak through me engage my lips and my mind this lips of clean, surrender to you that you bring word in season to your children and that their lives will remain transformed in jesus precious name we have prayed Okay. um, Over the years, being able to bring God's word to us, I've had to adjust my mannerism in preaching the word of God here. Uh, For those of you who uh, saw me growing up in um, preaching engagements in church, you will be familiar that I usually have a style of wanting to shout and scream. But I have been well tutored and contained sufficiently not to um, um, bring God's word, not essentially with the screaming of the voice, but with the precision that and the potency that the word of God carries. Because it is not in the shouting, it's in the potency. And now it's important also to it's important also to register that the word of God is forever constant in its power. Your own belief is only a disservice because if you refuse to believe, someone else will believe and it will work. The Bible told us that the Messiah himself showed up in a city. That is the one man that nobody here can equal when it comes to anointing. Nobody here. He showed up in a city and scripture told us that because of their unbelief he was not able to do anything. So the lame remained lame, the blind remained blind and everyone remained in their situation. Now, it is not the anointing that changes your life. It is your belief. You must make a conscious demand on God's word for it to work for you. I said to people, God does not need your compliment to be God. God does not require your recommendation to be God. When you are gone, it will still be God. Others will come and call him God. If you say you are older than him, the man they call ancient of days, how old are you? You know, someone said to God, God, you know, I have been fasting. I've been fasting all my life. God said, shut up. I have never eaten once. What is your fasting? need to come to a place of deliberate submission with sense of meekness to God's word because it is in that God is effective. And I desire that tonight. Everything around us is taking God out of our equation. The traffic, the situation of economy, the temperature is on the increase, people are getting tired and fatigued, you know, and then I said to people, for a man who has a heart disease, there is no hospital that is too far. You can't claim you love God and create an excuse to avoid him. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And I want to celebrate those of us seated here that if you truly came to find him, you will see him. The Bible said he has not called the sons of Jacob to serve him in vain. God will reach out to you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. We have very limited time, and I'm just going to go straight to the body of what heaven has in stock for us. Um, the direction of God over the church has been quite precise in the past couple of weeks. For those of you who have been around now for about four, four months, five months, the wave of revival over this assembly has been quite wholesome. The trans- one level of transformation of programs, the last first Worship Wednesday was fabulous, was awesome, was, was quite a- an amusement unprecedented experience and encounter with god and um we had some series of teaching and wisdom that took away folly and foolishness out of the heart of people and we are right in the middle of the service people were giving testimony remember that for last service people were giving testimonies that uh, as i hear you i'm correcting my abnormalities you know it was such a it's been such an awesome revival we celebrate every worker in the house we celebrate the prayer department we celebrate grace chorale that everybody seems now to have put their hands on the what on the, on, the, on, the, on the track And said no we are not going to look back On the plow we are not going to look back Because while Eda looks back is not fit for the kingdom Now in the month of June God looked at us And spoke through his servant His son And said this is what I have in mind For grace assembly in the month of June It is only very appropriate for me to Align my coordinates with that instruction And so tonight I will continue to extend The teaching of July June rather, the first Sunday June, which is how to get God's attention. Can we have the slide up quickly? Brought to God's attention. Life will remain a misery and struggle and vanity. If at no point in your life God looked at you, I can give instances all over listen in the bible that the turning point for many destinies in the bible our fathers and the faith was at the time that they had the attention of god let me say this with all sense of humility god sees everyone and everything because he's everywhere but not everyone gets his attention so if you are seated there and you think you are doing god a favor Just by praying and um, singing and... All of that is a build-up. Like what Ecclesiastes said, it's a build-up to your cloud to be full. The cloud can remain full and hang there. If heaven does not touch it for rain to drop, it will remain hanging. If there's anything you should be desperate to experience, it's called God. Can you please look in my direction? And the man of God said, what God has in mind for the month of June is that he's tired and seeing the fatigue and the helplessness and the hopelessness and the, and the, and the discouragement that plagued these people. He wants to resolve the situation and he needs to get their attention. So when I, when I heard the message brought to God's attention, by implication it implied that God was the one seated. Alright? You know when you read that scripture in the book of James that says, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you is not literally saying God is making any movements. If you have ever traveled on the highway and you're driving by the roadside, your car will be driving and it would appear by visual mirage that the grass and the other parts on the road, they're also moving. They're not moving. It's the concept of illusion. So that scripture says, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. God didn't move. It is you that we need to make a deliberate calculated move towards him. Because when you do that, when you do that, you have entered your ultimate rest in life. When God looks at you, when, they, when God gets your attention or you get God's attention. Ladies and gentlemen, I will recommend Hebrews chapter 4. It said, then you have struggled to enter into his what? Rest. All this struggle comes to an end. And so tonight, I will take it a bit further. Because the 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 punchline scripture for This was the incident of Cornelius. I believe that some of us should have gone back home to read the lifestyle of a man called Cornelius. One of the profound lessons I picked from Cornelius is this, that it is not sufficient and justifiable to be a good man. Your redemption is very important to God. So, walking around that I'm a good person, you need to be saved. Your good nature does not qualify you for eternity. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Someone would argue, "What about Muslims?" It's not a question of what about who. The standard and the procedure have been laid down. For none no can come to the Father except by Him. Argue from here to eternity; it won't change the standard because of your numbers. So Cornelius was fantastic, and God said, "Ah, this guy has tried, though. but this whole process is not complete until he's saved," and so being good is not equal to being righteous and i was said now this is not the time for that because it's not so much of about cornelius but i want to take this subject a bit further to say when god looks at you something that would happen to you by default is that life begins to favor you believe me when god comes to meet you by default life begins to what favor you. So I have titled by way of subsets of this teaching, tonight's teaching on, titled favor the cure for misfortune. Favor the cure for misfortune. I need you to money is not needed in heaven. I don't know how I'm going to say this, but I believe it's correct. Wisdom might not be needed in heaven. So much of heavenly requirement is not the same thing as earthly requirement. I need us to please be attentive. The ultimate reason why God made every one of us is not to be under pressure on earth, it's to enjoy this planet. And he was mindful enough to create. He created the whole world. Every other part of the world. But he also went the extra mile to design a garden. Meaning, I am portraying to you that you are expected to be very comfortable by divine standard. Don't create a philosophy to accommodate your current situation because you don't understand it. Don't. Adjust the standard of heaven to accept your current predicament. If you can be attentive tonight... I tell you with all sense of revelation on God's word, that tonight there will be a shift in your story. Because already some of us are beginning to accept it, like a number of people did in the Bible. Lazarus died a poor man, and he didn't move God. I said to people, if you died as a poor person and you get to heaven, everyone will say, welcome back home. But he told us in Revelation that he will wipe away your tears, because by the time he revealed to you what you ought to have been on earth, you will feel bad. There is a terrible, terrible strategic attack on the body of Christ from the world system. And they are trying to reduce us to second class citizens. They are trying to almost push us to a point of extinction and non-relevance, either economically or politically, or even in technology. Now, the consequence of that movement is the fact that when God designed you, everything you see in the world was included in your DNA. Technology, wealth, wealth, politics power now but unfortunately you entered into the era of this of the gospel when rather than teaching righteousness they, they taught you morality and code of conduct righteousness is an embodiment of god inside man it's not moral code that was what happened to Cornelius. he was a good man his morality will not make him make heaven in he that to accept jesus now jesus is a hybrid human being that you and i have accepted and therefore by standard, the world should look up to us, not us looking up to them. But you can tell and agree with me that that is not the case right now. Some of you would rather say yes to a boss rather than come to church. It's okay, your survival is dependent on it. But that is not the requirement and the standard of heaven. Now, what will change your circumstances is tied to this message. But when God looks at you, favor comes in your direction. And when favor shows up in your life, it puts an end to what misfortune. Let me throw a question at us. It's an interactive Bible study. What is the meaning of misfortune? A number of us would have experienced misfortune at a certain point in time. Now listen, misfortune is not for lazy people. It's somebody who is working. But labor input is not equal to proceeds. You got the miracle, and in less than five days, the miracle lefts. Misfortune, simply in English language, is you miss the fortune. Meaning God has a lot of fortune for us, but every day of our life, we are either near it, we receive it, or we lost it. And then when you look at the faces, standing up here, looking at our faces, I'm almost going to say, God, can you do something different about the body of Christ right now? That right now, even some people are developing enough effultery to attack the church. I know a lot of sins are quiet about it. It's okay. I want to discuss clearly to us that God is interested in adding flavor to our life. Because when you have favor, there will be flavor in your life. Favor is the provision of heaven. Because another word for favor is grace. Grace is the enabling ability that comes upon you and you do extra in everything you're doing. And by reason of joy, we're in an assembly called Grace Assembly. Now... When the then the children did their program um, about a co- couple of Sundays back now, precisely fortnight, and I said that if Pastor Tony is that to have a vision for schools, you know, just have Grace Stars Group of Schools, Grace Stars Group of Schools, I can bet you the quality of what they did the here that very Sunday is sufficient to pay hundreds and millions of naira for school fees, because the places we take our children to. They don't do that much, and they spend barely two hours with these children every Sunday and look at what they produce. So, imagine we translate it to a day to day experience. When favor shows up in your life, it puts an end to misfortune. Tonight, in the name of Jesus. Every power that has created misfortune in your life. That you are losing every gain. Nothing is staying. Your work is not showing results. Everything is just looking like you are walking like an elephant. eating like an... ant. Today! In the name of Jesus! That yoke of misfortune is broken. Amen. The Bible is a compilation of covenant codes. Meaning, God says that for every provision of the Bible... There are conditions for you to meet true or false when the scripture was saying my people perish for lack of knowledge what he was saying there is not that they don't know what to ask what he was saying is that they don't know the requirements that it takes to have what they want so god is a god of requirement there is something called requirement things to do to get this done a lot of us are completely oblivion of the requirements The Bible is a compilation of covenant because God is not just a promise-keeping God. He's also a covenant-keeping God. And in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, it tried to define what covenant is. It said, covenant is an arrangement between you and I that you do your part, I do my part. Now when you do your part, it makes it easy for me to do my own part. So right now, the situation you are dealing with, the question you should be asking yourself is, have I done my part of the covenant contract or requirements? And then i leave the rest for god for you to enjoy the attention of evil to a point where translating to favor there are certain requirements let us open scripture to psalm chapter 30 psalm chapter 30 very quickly i read favor the cure for misfortune i can boldly teach on this because i think i've had some very mind troubling experience the past two years, thereabouts, and it's, for me, a great opportunity to appreciate the effort of our senior pastor. While I was drowning and going down the hollow way, everywhere was looking dark and like life was gonna hand, pastor quickly stretched his hands to my rescue and he dragged me out. And that is the reason why, by his privilege, I'm standing here now. I will forever be indebted to him and be grateful to him. Of course, I'd like to say a big thank you to Grandma. Grandma came around and he looked at me and said, my pastor, it's going to be alright. Grandma, thank you very much. I will forever have you in my archive. Now, the lesson in what I have done is that no matter what you're dealing with, if you are alone, you will die in it. You need people around you. I, this is not a forum to explain the intensity and the quantum of what I had to deal with. But I just need to use this opportunity to appreciate those that played a significant role in my deliverance. Um, Psalm 30, are we there please? Psalm 30 from verse 1. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up, and I have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and what? You healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pits. Sing praise to the Lord, you, you saints of ease, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Verse 5. For his anger, but for a moment is favor is what for life the quality of your life in times of wealth is proportional to the active influence of favor in your life believe me you will never amount and achieve so much by the works of your hands scripture made it clear say by works or by labor or by power shall no man prevail one cross of this message tonight is you need to graduate to your mind to understand that i need the ingredient of favor to put an end to the struggles in my life and favor as a requirement that you have to meet to enter it what is read here in verse 5 that is favor is for what for life if your life is void of favor by default you will continue to struggle i have i have seen men who have been to the embassy to collect visa and they hardly ask them any question Yes, where are you going? You're going to Chicago? All right? bring your passport. Whilst in the same embassy, you will see some people with their pile of passports, documents, uh, account statements, and then they will deny them. Ladies and gentlemen, the dividing line between the man that is great and successful is the element called favor. If you look around us, those in political power, you are far more qualified and competent than some of them. What is probably at work is just a dose of favor. You can't ignore this fundamental element when it comes to becoming something unreasonable in life now i will read for that in that saying he said weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning now in my prosperity i said i shall never be moved lord by your what favor by your what is it there up there by your favor that's verse seven you have made my mountains stand what strong what we terminate the struggle tonight is just a little injection of what? Favor. Please turn to your neighbor and say, God must favor me. You say, God must favor me. God must favor me. And so quickly, I want to explain to us the requirement to access divine favor. Requirement to access divine favor. If you listen to the vision of the church, the path that says the fruits and the roots. There is no point trying to cure your fruits when we have not treated your roots because even if we treat if we choose to treat your fruits and we didn't attend to the root it will still produce another faulty fruit meaning some of us are seated here the reason why you can't explain the circumstances is that the scripture was clear when he said when the foundation is faulty there is very little you can do now what can be very annoying is the believer who knows you are on the path of error yet you are con- you are controlling simple philosophy for instance, if you are, going to, uh, you are going to that door and you face this direction and you kept saying I will make it, I will make it. In Jesus' name, uh, tough time never lasts. Tough people do. And you are doing the wrong thing. Forever and eternity. And the unfortunate thing is that God will not stop time because you are in error. He will not say ah, that young girl is in error. Let us pause the movement of time. No. Life will keep going. So by movement of time you need wisdom to do the right thing. So tonight I am saying to you that if you are not satisfied with the current situation of your life, why don't you take a journey down to your foundation? Because in any case, we all came to this position as a result of our fallout into iniquity. Sin is the origin of our misery. The original man created the Garden of Eden for us, and sin took us out of the Garden of Eden. And right now we're all on the street. And so so long you have been on the street, you have tried to call it usling. It's not usling. Try to take your step back to Garden. Every day, we take a walk back to the garden. Because on the street outside garden, nothing good will happen. It is tough out there, but in the garden it is blissful. Where favor abounds. The first requirement that guarantees you in the place of favor is to understand that if you are too big to repent in any equity, then you are too big to be saved. Sin will forever remain a barrier and a repulsive element towards God for everything we do friends I know it's not so much of what you want to hear but the truth is if sin is constantly at work in you I read a scripture in the book of Romans it says shall we continue to in sin that God's favor we abound no it said all men have sinned I know what come short so for every sin the glory of your life is reducing gradually stop sin and glory begins to take light again stop sin because we got this we got into this mess because of one sin And if you cannot repent, then you are too big to be saved. God is saying to us tonight, I want to show you favor, but I can't combine light and darkness in you. Something must give way for one. The pathway to enjoying divine favor is that we must go and cure the issue of iniquity. In the book of Psalm 5 verse 12, let's see Psalm 5 verse 12 quickly. Psalm 5 verse 12, the book of Psalm chapter 5 and verse 12 to establish the fact that we need to walk in righteousness verse 12 verse 5 12 it said for you O lord will what bless the righteous with what with favor you will surround him with a shield now when we mention the subject of sin the reality is not the one that comes to mind In my experience and work with God now, sins of negative thoughts is a sin. I'm sure you know it's a sin. Negative thoughts. Every time you think, it is always on the negative. This country will never be good. Trust me, by the time it becomes good, you won't enjoy it. The way this government is running eh? I wish all of them would die. The truth is, the reality that they will die is slim because they won't die. Their death is not in your hand. What you need to do, I'm I'm particular about the content of your thought pattern. Philemon says that without your mind, I can't do anything. Philemon 6, just one chapter there, verse 6. He says without your mind, as a man thinketh in his heart, he will deliver. Your life is so barraged with all manners of fear and negative energy. And it is difficult for God to get across to you. You literally walk in fear every day. So when I use the word iniquity, I'm not referring to the ones perhaps you're familiar with. I'm talking about thought pattern. Thought pattern. Work on your mind. Work on your thinking spirit. And the reality of this is, you whatever you think, like they say, will gravitate towards you. Think of something great and something great. When I wake up every morning, three things come to my mind. Number one, I'm going to war. Amen. Because every time you're lacing your shoe and you're wearing your jacket, you're tying your tie, you're going to war. Today, I will win. Today, I will conquer. Every enemy will fall down. Today, I'm a winner. That is the champion's mindset. The second thing that comes to mind when you're going to work, I'm going to farm. I will not labor in vain today. Whatever I put in the soil of life, it will yield others for me. That is the mindset of a farmer. A farmer will not go to farm thinking they will not come back home with something. And the last thing that comes to my mind is that today is a race. I'm running against time. I have no time because the night comes when no man can walk. Whatever I need to do, I need to do on time. So I will not waste my time with any clown. Three things that run through my mind every day as I wake up in the morning. That is very important because it guides the next process of what we are about to say. Now, let us understand that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Can we see Colossians chapter 1, verse 13? Because you cannot cure anything from the fruit. You cure it from the root. Colossians 1.13 He 1, said he has delivered us from the power of what? Darkness. And conveyed us into the kingdom of his son. Now the dungeon of misfortune is what God wants to take us from. There is a dungeon called misfortune. People are, you are, Everything you get is a no. A disappointment. Uh, it's not possible. Okay, come and pick the check. You get it and say no. They've changed their mind. This is the reason. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and every dungeon of misfortune. But the access to do that is accept Christ into your life. For anybody sitting right now that you're not born again, this is a good time. But if you are born again, improve your work with God. Understanding the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The number two requirement for accessing the favor is pleasurable kingdom service. Pleasure. Now listen to me. This statement is not kingdom service. It's pleasurable kingdom service. Doing everything about God with a sense of delightsomeness. When God becomes a burden for you, then you remain in a state of misfortune. Every demand of God on your life is a burden. Why? Come to ask uh, I, don't know, I, can't, I don't know why I'm using my house for house fellowship. Because you see that time of house fellowship is the time I like to enjoy sleep. House fellowship is the time you want to enjoy sleep. All kinds of excuses not to give God your best. Let me be honest with you. In Psalm 47, read Psalm 47 very quickly. Psalm 47. Uh, pleasurable Kingdom service. Let's read Psalm 102 first. That's a very important one first. Psalm 102. Psalm 102, verse 13 to 15. Psalm 102, verse 13 to 15. Now, this is a very popular one. A lot of people enjoy this chapter. But when you read further. He said, You will arise and have mercy on what? On Zion. For the time to favor our... Yes, the said time has come. Today God will favor us. But now look at verse 13. He said, Your servant. Can you see if it's your Bible? I don't have the, 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 the e Bible. This is my own Bible. If it's your Bible, underline the word your servants. Underline servant. Your servant. Please take it back. Take it back. Take it back, please. Your servant take pleasure in what? In stores and what? And show favor to our doors. Referring to the house of God. Read verse 14. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord. And all the kings of the earth shall glory. When you have problem with kingdom service. Then you have problem with kingdom favor. It must be pleasurable. To enjoy God. It must be delightsome. Psalm 37 says delight yourself in the Lord. And it will do what? grant you the desires of your heart now this is not even for uh, some people don't even do anything else of God your own case is different now we are referring to those who do it but they do it grudgingly they do it out of necessity not with excitement not with pleasure until you enter an addictive state of being pleasurable with kingdom service then you might not be qualified for his favor now in the book of Malachi he said, I will, Malachi chapter 3 He said I will separate between those who serve me And those who do not Kingdom service Guarantees kingdom favor Your popular golden statement in the book of Matthew chapter He says seek for the kingdom of God And his righteousness And other things Shall be added unto you Pleasurable kingdom service Make it a duty to clean church Make it a duty You know I was privileged not to, uh, I didn't stay so much on the street, you know, growing up as a teenager. We practically grew up in church. And I remember one of the churches that we contributed our effort to, Very, yeah, I mean, they are constructing something quite uh, uh, imposing across the road there. The man didn't, when they were building the altar like this, they did not recruit bricklayer. No bricklayer, nobody. All youths, all teenagers come! And we were busy carrying bricks, carrying blocks, and we were enjoying it with competition. My block is bigger than old we were running around. It was so pleasurable. Now, for a young man who didn't grow up with a father, and yet I turned out this way, it could not have been the effort of intelligence. It's divine favor navigating my life. Friends, if God is a body, then you don't deserve His favor. You need to find a time and a place where you can say, I will do it with joy. I will do it with satisfaction. Even when I'm not paid, it's just lately I realized that um, instrumentalists are, are meant to be paid. I didn't know that because in my days of growing up, everything that was done for God was voluntary. Everything was voluntarily done. As a matter of fact, if you say you're not doing so, under, about ten people are waiting to do it. Now, a lot has changed these days. Everything for God, because one favor from God takes care of your entire generation. How much would they ever pay that would be sufficient? Now, I know of a woman in the Bible who died. But by reason of the things she has done, when she could not even open her mouth to pray, she had died in a very unpleasant state. People said, no, she can't die because she has committed herself to humanity. Jesus, you must raise her. Now, the woman in question did not hear them, could not pray, but the good works were speaking louder than those that are even alive. Friends, there is no shortcut to enjoying divine favor in life outside divine service you must make it mandatory now i said this and i'm going to you know be cautious on this statement one of the strongest proof that you understand god is measured by your level of intimacy towards him now god is not there god is someone that you have an emotional relationship with you can tell it when god is not happy anybody understand what i'm talking about you can know it when god is not happy about something or with you you should be able to tell you that ah, I have not prayed enough something is missing you know I just think I had a very strange experience four days ago I told one of my staff, staff do this and then the staff didn't do it and then it led to a big problem and I said look the same way you have made me feel very stupid it's the same way as a child of God when God gives you instruction you don't do it you make him feel stupid because he won't come back, come down and do it the time to favor Zion has come, but it is only for those that are called servants. If favor will have impact in your life, trust me, I can bet my entire soul on this. You can never serve God and regret it. Ask your fathers in the faith: Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You cannot be a dedicated, not grudging you. Sometimes it's better. Don't do it, so you don't attract costs. Don't do it. But doing it grudgingly, doing it out of necessity, do it because they are forcing you. It has no record before God. And my prayer today is that every one of us who are servants in this house, your reward will not pass you by. Your reward will not pass you by. If you ever study the book of Job, Job chapter 36 verse 11, Job 36 11, Job 36 11, and I just wrap it up on that point, serving God with all dedication. You know, Galatians 6 says, do not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, that thing you are doing, with you know, someone say, "I won't come to choir because they insult." No, the truth of the matter is that you are, the choir was never designed for you. The people there, you, your relationship with God is your focus. Enjoy divine service. Job 36 says, "If they obey and what?" Did you see serve there? Now, currently, what you are doing is that you are obeying. You come for midweek service. and They tell you to pay your tithe. You pay your offering. All of that is important, though. But you see this part. And serving. There is no other English meaning to serve. He serve he serve. They shall what? Spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. There is nobody that should be useless in God's house. It's important we understand that. Very important. Pleasurable, pleasurable commitment. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47 says, Let us see 28, verse 47. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47. Because you did not serve the Lord with your God with what? With joy and what? Can you see it? You did not. You are serving, no? You are serving. No? But because you did not do it with what? So, when you are cleaning, she said, Oh, Lord, I'm enjoying you. I'm just excited. You cannot be excited as someone say, What are you doing? You're angry. You can't be angry. One HAD insults you, and this scripture is alive in your mind, you will not take it personally. Now listen, friends. God will not drop the standard of the scripture because you are miserable. If you can keep this thing, because you don't do it to serve the Lord with joy and with kindness. take what He said. If you read the whole thing, you will be scared. It's better don't do it than to do it grudgingly. But I can tell you, if you don't do it, there is also consequence. Service a pathway to divine favor. Point number three. Assessing divine favor. You need to understand what we call a prayer provoking if I mean favor that comes via prayer. You pray yourself to strange favor. Example? If you ever read First, Chron- First Chronicles chapter 4, there was a man there, that would describe the man as a very honorable man. Yet He was not favored. They call his name what jabez remember jabez and what did jabez do he prayed himself to divine favor when you ever attend a church like CSC, one of you will pray you will pray fervently now you know is this this i see a lot of believers say, let us pray say, jub, 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 jub. Ah, the fire is not burning you yet you are not there yet now You know, the truth is, if you really want to escape insults in life, you need good results. When people insult you, don't take it personally, because if you are resourceful, they won't insult you. You see, don't hold anybody responsible for your predicament. You are just either lazy in the mind or in the body. When it comes to prayer, by the grace of God, we're going to have another warfare prayer Wednesday. The last one was awesome. Jabez prayed himself. Do a noble man. Do a honorable man. But he yet knew something was missing. The favor of God is not here. The man held him at night. Jacob. You know about the story of Jacob? Genesis chapter 42. He held the man and said, I won't let you go. Except you release favor in my life. And the Bible told us that, ah, all the while, it wasn't that you were not favor; you were just going around with the wrong name. Today, every wrong name that is taking favor out of your life, everyone will destroy it in the name of Jesus. If they have been calling you a jobless man from today, they will not call you a jobless man again. If they have been saying you are a childless woman from today, that name comes to an end in the name of Jesus. But you must engage a prayer-provoking attitude. Why are you sleeping? When you could be praying and there's fire on the mountain. Jabez prayed himself to reality. Listen, gentlemen. I taught someone in the course of evangelism for those who were around. And I was sharing with some brethren and with you. I said, Serving Satan is not cheap. How many of you know that? You know, if the devil told you to meet him 3 a.m., you, you can't come 3 3.05. You know, 3, you are showing up 3.05? You are gone. You are gone already. Because he doesn't understand mercy. You know I mean, a woman that doesn't have a child, who you know the value of a child, as it were. As in the sense of the story of Solomon. Now, serving the devil is not cheap. But you see, on the inverse also, serving God is also not cheap. Now, if you took a very close study of the character of God, God is a very tough disciplinarian. He's tough. But you see, because of grace, mercy, He will just be looking at you. But by the time you have need for something very important, He will give you the conditions. Trust me. If you cannot prevail in prayer, if you cannot prevail in prayer, you put a lot. The instruction they gave Daniel, he read it in scripture that 70 years will be here, and on the dot of 70 years, the man began to pray. And when he started to pray, listen to what happened. An enemy showed up and prevented the response. If Daniel was in my age, he would just have moved on with life. But the man no, he persisted and travailed until something happened. Your cloud is full right now. You are long overdue for some good news. But you know what is currently holding you down? In fact, I would have imagined that that Wednesday world worship, everybody should come fasting. Because if you ever studied Isaiah chapter 58, the benefit of fasting, he said if you break the yoke of of, of infirmity over our lives, now you can pray yourself into intense favor. People do it. They try it. And it works. Your laziness is an issue. Wake up and pray. Say, Lord, Jabez prayed. Jacob prayed. All your fathers in the faith, they prayed. And then their life turned around. There is something called Favor-provoking prayer. And I believe that in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the provision for prayer is this. He said, if you can pray and you, at, you come to his throne, you would experience grace and mercy, which is favor and mercy in the what hour of need. Requirement number four. Requirement number four. Favor-provoking sacrifice sacrifice it's not same as service it's not same as service let's look at the story of cornelius himself i want to ask a question for all those good deeds of cornelius what was he expecting in return absolutely nothing there's a woman that elisha used to pass in front of her house that woman when she when when she built she built a place for elisha to stay what was she expecting in return nothing as a matter of fact, it was in the course of Elisha observing the woman's good deed, that he called um, Geisel, the servant, and said, come here. This woman has been so good to us. What does she want? And then they called the woman. Now, favor is already in motion. And they called the woman and said, what do you want, woman? For all your good deeds, what, what do you want? He said, well, I live among my people. I don't have any need. I'm fine. Everything is well with me. Then Geisel said to Elisha, she does not have a child. Well, I said to people here that if Elisha had not stayed in her house and she didn't seem to have shown good gestures, honestly speaking, there's a big possibility that the woman could have died without a child. Because at that time in her life, she had given up on children. But listen to this truth here. No dream is permitted to die. With the touch of favor, the dream will come alive. Only on the condition that you understand the principle of what? Sacrifice. Let me be honest. Poverty has a very close relationship with with stinginess. Do you believe me? You are as poor to the extent that you are stingy. Show me a man that has his hands closed. He will never be opportunity to receive again. Now, pay attention to this revelation. And it's very critical, you understand. If you ever found yourself, because I have tried it and it's worked. If you ever found yourself in a very tight place, the scriptural provision for way out is sacrifice. I'm telling you the truth. If you ever found yourself, carry something that will cost you something and go and dump it with God. Ah, the gods, they are sensitive to blood. Whatever situation you are dealing with right now and it looks like it's a wall of Jericho, this thing ain't going nowhere. One singular act of sacrifice will melt the heart of God and pull down the walls. I like to say it's vis-a-vis those in the world. Those boys in the world, and you suddenly say, ah, that guy, we blow. if you know what went down, in that thing, you can't oh, blow. If you know what went down, you won't try it. You know, I realize that those in the world, they understand the principle of strange sacrifice than those of us in the kingdom. God still accepts sacrifice. God still accepts sacrifice. Now, what kind of sacrifice are we referring to? Now, it's very simple. Your bread, your water, the works of your hand can be a medium of sacrifice. Your bread, your water. For example, sometimes a few months ago, I remembered the church called for rent. Are you here with me? And um, I would say to myself that when they do this thing, they say call for rent. Do you know if nobody showed up, the rent will still be paid? Or have you ever imagined us for the past years that we've been here, have you ever locked us out there in the name of no rent? No. Every time God presents a very funny need to you, not because he can't meet the need, he's only creating an opportunity for you to be elevated. You agree with me? But you know the truth? If you are shrouded with the spirit of inadequacy. You know that spirit that says, Kotomi. If that spirit lives around you, God has nothing to lose because God has nothing to create again. There is none of your need that will make him nervous. There is nothing you present to God and say, God, I want this and God will start running the to manufacture it. Everything is available. The secret is the access to the fortune of heaven is through your sacrifice. One man got a blank check from God not because he was singing the bible said he gave he gave exceptional sacrifice you know, you, know, you, I mean, you know what I'm talking about Solomon all your life from age one to your current age can you recall the last time you did something that shook your mind a man of God said I gave sacrifice and when I got outside I started to cry in my car I've seen people like that they gave almost everything in their hand and when they got to their car they started to cry <laughs> but why did I do that when was the last time you know what? We want it very easy. God is not cheap. God is not cheap. She's been looking for a child all her life. And the only one God gave her He said, I will give it to you. It's not one of the best things to do for a woman who's been trusting God for a child. I said to someone today prophetically, if you feel you are stuck, your next way out is find something that costs you something. And give it to God. Now, it's not on your terms and conditions that He will answer you. It's not this kind of people that will say, Ah, I gave him 20 naira. You should pay me 100 naira. That's not the way God works. Though. That's not the way God works. But if you can take a reflection, flip back, when was the last time you gave a tangible sacrifice that moved you, talk less of moving God? It's been a while. Your regular pattern right now is your offering and tithes. It's constant, they are regular. That's why they didn't call it and offering. They call it this one is sacrifice. Sacrificial giving. And that was what brought Cornelius into the place of fame and fortune. I finally want to draw up the last requirement to access divine favor. I said learn to sow the seeds of favor. Learn to sow the seeds of favor. Grandma sown a seed of favor in my life. At the darkest, one of the darkest hour of my life. And forever, I will never, never forget it. I will forever be indebted. Now, listen to me. Nobody is owing you because you have never sown any good seed to anybody. People should be indebted to you. People should know that they, they owe you favor. If nobody is giving you favor, let's ask yourself, ask yourself a question. When was the last time you showed someone favor? Must everything you do come back with you? you know, someone will say, I, I will give you my shoe. How much you will pay? everything should not be exchanged everything should not be transactional There's sometimes you give not because you want the person or the person has the capability to give you back you give because it's the time now scripture said in the book of um, 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 Proverbs Proverbs eleven twenty seven, 27 Proverbs 11 27 Proverbs eleven twenty seven. 27 I want, us to, I want us to see there he said he who endlessly seeks good finds what? If you seek the good of somebody not the backbiting and the biting and the, the gossip and all the negative gist. If you seek the good of somebody you will find favor. But trouble will come to who? I didn't write the Bible Oh, It's there. Be deliberate about doing good to somebody. Ordinary traffic you can't allow someone to pass because you are in a hurry. Please Allow simple elementary moral instruction it'll make a whole lot of difference in your life i want us to look at again ephesians 6 8. ephesians 6 8 to buttress the same point ephesians 6 8. ephesians 6 verse 8 knowing that whatever good anyone does you will what you will receive the same from who whether he is a slave or free. Whatever good you do, you will receive. As in scripture, Ephesians 6, 8 is there. Psalm 41, 1-3. Psalm 41, 1-3. Some of you can doubt what you hear, but you can't doubt what you see. You are seeing this. Psalm 41. Blessed is he who what? Who considers the poor. I'm hungry. Hey God, look at you for me to tell you. There's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes they are genuinely hungry. Sincerely, some of them are very hungry. I have always asked myself a question: Why? Where is the parable "Who Dash Monkey Banana"? Where did it come from? <laughs> Anybody can help me. I've heard it, and it's been, such, it's been around for a while. "Who Dash Monkey Banana"? I've been wondering: What does that mean? Where did that statement come from? You know what? I just realized that ordinarily, monkey can't climb banana. Monkey can't climb the banana tree because of the texture. It's so weak. The banana uh, um, um, stem is very frail. So anytime you see a banana in the hand of a monkey, the rest are short. Somebody dashed it. Now listen. Listen to the story. Listen to this. Bring your house for us fellowship. You say, no. Ah, house for us fellowship. Then we ask you a question. The house will give you you are just like a monkey. Everything you own right now was given to you. I heard one of the most scary Yoruba program when we went to attend the burial of a, a very young, young man. And they said to us in that, and the pastor was preaching, you know, he's doing burial. People give their life to Christ the most because somehow you just start to reflect. That come to think of it, everything will end someday. Now the, the guy now said in Yoruba, he said oh, meaning all we really do in life is just touch it and leave it. Nobody owns it. But no, you know it's true. My Peking, my Pekin, my Eh? Yeah. The Peking will grow and leave you. My house. Nobody should enter my house. I fellowship. There are many houses now, MC around GRA. Children are not interested. Go to Mowi. If some of those houses inside Mowi, 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 and uh, those funny area, they would lose their because their kids are not interested. So long, there is breath in your nose. Bless the poor. Because in the reality of it, nothing is yours. So technically, we are all like monkey, who we'll dash you banana. If the heart of everybody can be like this, a lot will happen, an improvement. Proverbs nineteen, verse seventeen. My last verse for the day. Proverbs nineteen verse seventeen. He who has pity on the poor. This is one of my favorite scripture. He who has pity on the poor did what? Okay, so let me tell you a very story and a very good story and I close. A young woman has been trusting God for fruit of the Wound for about 12 years. Just down, Allen Johnson. My wife would testify to this story. And the broad day afternoon, they had a the child eventually, and the child grew up to be four years old. Please, let's learn a lesson. Broad day afternoon, down the um, hotel, the young, young man strolled down to the poolside and fell inside the pool around 2 p.m. thereabout. Ladies and gentlemen, for an hotel and environment that is that busy, how come a boy dropped on the pool and nobody, nobody saw the child? Call the story short, the child passed out and died. That's after 12 years of trusting God for that child. Eventually, they rushed everywhere, rushed to pastor. They finally took the child to redemption camp. And then, by privilege or so, they met the, the general overseer. And while they were praying for the child to come back, because God still has the power to raise the dead, And the next thing the man of God said he heard in his heart is that he said the bank of mercy of that woman was empty. You are so wicked that when they went through your bank account in mercy, zero balance. And mercy begets mercy. Friends, the little lessons we learn really is the gospel can't you just show kindness? What does it cost you? For all that you have is monkey dash banana. And that was the end of the story. That was the end of the story. Today, favor is very critical for the outcome of our life. Favor. You can't go too far without being favored. If you don't have favor, you will die on the queue. Because the queue is very long before it gets to your turn, you'll have lost age and time. Favor is that power that accelerates you to the front. And all I've read out today are the requirement. Why are you tired in serving God physically? And then one, one anointing I've experienced that, somebody enters the church and he will put his finger on the chair like this. And if it's dusty, you go to the next one. See, why are you like this? You enter the toilet because you see stain in the pot. Pick the next brush. Because everything about God is symbolic. For instance, a man went to meet a prophet that needed to win battles in his life. The prophet said, take a bow and arrow and shoot. And he shot just three times. And the prophet told him, you would only experience the victory twice. Everything around God is symbolic and instructive. The moment you clean that toilet. Perhaps there is a major problem. Like when someone said about the widow of Zeraphite. That widow that fed Elijah. In the reality of it, the real beneficiary of that movement was a woman. Because in the storyline of that woman, her son was going to die. And it is the physical presence of Elijah that would have been able to raise. If, if that woman had been hostile to Elijah... Say, hey, what oh, you this prophet? Fake man of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that's what's going on right Talk, 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 talk. The child would have died, and there would not have been Elijah to help her out In the final analysis of every instruction of God, you are the final beneficiary. God does not need it, God will not want it. He's an ancient, calling ancient of eight. The man is not dying, he's just around when we are all gone at age one and twenty. You will still be God. There is no problem currently you are dealing with that all of these five recommendations will not attend to. Serve God delight somebody. Show mercy to the poor. Don't backbite and destroy somebody that you can't say it in his front. It will come back at you someday. My prayer today is that the instruction tonight will stay in our hearts. That every hand of misfortune that is making us to lose fortune in our life those hands will wither in the name of jesus whatever currently is driving favor away from you that nobody just wants to favor you everybody just got we get weary of you whatever is responsible for denying you favor everyone will silence them tonight in the name of the lord jesus if you have been blessed say good amen all right pretty short straight to the point And I'm sure we've been blessed already. All right, the titles in the house.